0: Do you sometimes feel nervous or awkward when you step up to the microphone? As a public speaking coach, one of the most common problems that my clients face goes something like this. People say I need to be more enthusiastic or I need to speak louder or move more, but that's uncomfortable. It just doesn't feel like me. It feels unnatural. Whenever this happens, I like to talk about our subject today which is how to be authentically, irresistibly you on stage. It's one of the most powerful concepts in public performance. How can you be exciting to watch and still be real? Let's talk about it. This is the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast with tips, tools and biblical truth to build your brand business or ministry. If you're a Christian speaker, writer, coach or entrepreneur, this is the podcast you've been praying for. Get ready to increase your impact, income and influence. Here are your hosts, the mother, her son and his wife doing business, ministry and life to shape the culture for Christ. Tamara Lowe, Zach Lowe, and Jillian Lowe. Let's go. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. We're excited to be with you today for this special public speaking topic: how to be irresistibly you on stage. Coach Tam, you have been professionally public speaking for over 50 years. Yeah. Hard to believe, but it's true.
0: Yes. I've been, I've been professionally. Watching public speakers for over 50 years, too, because I learn a lot by observation. And I don't know if you've ever been in a room where somebody was on stage. I remember a few years ago seeing a guy who was really put together. I mean, he looked beautiful, there was not a hair out of place. And his message was, so precise. There was not an um, not an ah, not a you know, there was nothing. It was so highly practiced and finely tuned and polished. I felt like all of his gestures were choreographed, like I'm going to walk over to this side of the stage and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to walk over to this side of the stage and I will kneel down and lower my voice. And it was just so uncomfortable to watch. It felt robotic. It did not feel natural, although he was making very good points, and he was he was good, but it just wasn't real. And personally, I would rather see real than robotic. I would rather hear a voice than an echo. And I kind of got the sense that he had been taking notes on old Zig Ziglar videos and thought, well... Zig's no longer on the stage, I could be the next Zig Ziggler. Let me go over there and run down, get out the pump and pump the pump and do all the things that Zig used to do. Um, but I, I just want to encourage you today, if you're in any form of public speaking, maybe you you only do it occasionally, but but it locks you up and it makes you feel nervous. We want to give you some tips today to help you really find your own voice because people really do love the real you. That's what they love, the real you. They want to hear the real you, your real experience, the things that you've learned. You don't have to memorize anything. You can tell stories. That's always a great way to warm up an audience and to warm up yourself. You're not going to forget your own story. You don't need notes for your own story. So I think those are a couple of tips to get us started. Uh, Jillian is a very fine public speaker. Um, She's more of a preacher, I think, I tend to be more of a teacher. I think Zach is probably more of a teacher. Um but but our girl Jillian, that girl can preach. She can preach. So, Bunny girl, what what do you say about this subject being authentically irresistibly you on stage?
2: Well, here's what I would say. When I first met Coach Mama Tam years ago, and she was running Get Motivated Business seminars. They were looking for an MC. And I was early on in my 20s. And she thought I'd make a great MC. I thought it sounded like a lot of fun, but it made my butt cheeks clench together, just the idea. And she said, Why don't you come to an event? I didn't even know what get motivated was. She's like, "Come to an event and you can see our current MC." And the current MC was just kind of a placeholder. There was some transition happening. And so, I said, "Okay." And she had been MCing coach coach Tam, whichever side she's on. She had been MCing. So, she said, "Come and see." And there was like 20,000 people. I wanted to vomit. I was like, this is bad. Do you have you seen all these people? There were people everywhere. Their heads were the size of pins. And she's like, it's gonna be great. And I saw her get up there and I was like, I I I, I remember sweat droplets running down my, my inside of my leg, all the way down to my high heels. I was so nervous. Have you ever not had sweat droplets run down your legs? Come on. We have all been sweating in places we should not be sweating. I remember she said something to me and I was really nervous. I was just even going up just to do some practice things with her. And one at one point she said to me in this process before I went on to MC, she said, they are all rooting for you. And I don't know why that was the thing that turned it around for me. But when I stood up there, the, I remember like the first couple of times, I just remember like, I don't know why the automatic go-to move in my mind was like, they don't like me. And I hadn't even said anything. Like it was just like, they're judging me. They don't like my outfit. I, they're not going to like what I have to say. I hadn't even opened my mouth. But I remember Coach Tam saying, hey, did you know they're rooting for you? They want to see you do great. They want you to be funny. They want you to nail it. They want you to be successful. When you stop, no one's rooting for you to fail, and that changed everything for me. And so that's an area where I have struggled in the past. When I get up to, you know, share a message or talk to people, is I don't, especially if I don't know the room. I'm like, they don't. I don't. I don't think they like me. And and now, I'm. I have paralysis. I have facial paralysis. I have mental paralysis. Everything is paralyzed. But just remember, people are rooting for you. Even if yeah. they don't know you, like when they're in the room, number one, they they want to have a good experience themselves. Like nobody paid to have a bad time. Nobody paid to see some like third rate. She bombs. She can't talk. They came. What's in it for them? So part of the what's in it for them is that you you nail it they want to be moved by you they want you to make great points but they're also just cheering you on because this is humanity man it's humanity we generally as people want other people to do good it's like when a comedian gets up, you don't want them to bomb so that's my my piece of advice is just know when you get up there to talk or even if you're like on a virtual situation and you've got a bunch of people watching you on a webinar People want you to do great. They are rooting for you. So that helps me. I hope it helps you too.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What do you say, Zach? Yeah, I love I love
1: this topic. Public speaking is great. It reminds me, I think a lot of people with public speaking, maybe not our audience. Our audience is more into it and likes it and, and thrives on it. But for anybody who's who's nervous with public speaking, it reminds me of something, Coach Tam, one of my favorite Coach Tam-isms was somebody asked about um rejection you know i'm really i'm really nervous about dealing with rejection like talking to potential clients and talking to potential partners you know like what if what if they reject what i have to offer um how do i get over that and coach tam your advice was well it sounds to me like you just haven't been rejected enough right because if you've been rejected enough times it kind of stops to to be yeah. a concern it, it kind of stops to sting and it's the same with speaking. You know, like a lot of the the hangup I think for for the aspiring speakers that do have some some nervousness, which is totally natural. You just haven't done it enough times. You know, like just get right. more into the rhythm of it. You know, if you start speaking, you know, once a week or once a month, like after a some number, whether it's five, ten, twenty five, thirty five, after so many stages, there's not really nervousness anymore, right? And that can that can free you up. That can free you up to be more authentically you and to be more irresistibly you. One thing that um, I've I've noticed from preachers in particular, I remember uh, I've I've gone back and watched Billy Graham on YouTube because he was before my time, but you know had such a huge movement. I wanted to see what what his style was, and I was surprised at how much humor he had. You know, I see the pictures, the stills of Billy Graham, the like you know real fiery, passionate stills of Billy Graham. But watching him, he was funny. He was actually really funny. And one of the the pastors I listened to, Bill Johnson, he opens every single Sunday sermon with like five jokes. Like he just goes straight (laughs) into, gets his iPad out and reads jokes. And that's like enjoyable for an audience, right? So just thinking about like, oh, how do I, you know, break the ice or get into the rhythm of it? You can literally like just read a joke to start or plant some jokes, plant some funny stories into your message. And that's going to make you more irresistible, make you more desirable to listen to. I wanna,
0: I wanna kind of shift in a little bit different direction because, you know, we have we have listeners and viewers today who will say, okay, but my personality is not super outgoing. Like I'm really, you know, more quiet, more reserved. And I don't want to feel forced to get on the stage and suddenly become somebody that I'm not. Like, that doesn't feel good to me. And to that, I would say, go watch yourself some Brian Tracy videos, okay? Because Brian Tracy, um, one of the finest speakers you'll ever hear, he never really raises his voice. He doesn't move around too much. He doesn't change his facial expressions too much he has sort of like a self-possessed authority. He stands tall on the stage. He has authority in his voice. Where he's really, really dialed in is in his pacing, the way that he paces his messaging. But he is not super charismatic. He's not super outgoing, but his content is first rate, really, really excellent content. And we say it a lot, and it's it continues to be true is that content is king content will carry the day the other thing i would say kind of maybe a little bit on the other end of the spectrum but still for people who feel a little reserved is speak about things that you're passionate about that you that that you genuinely have passion about right because that that passion you can amp it up and it's easier for you to to dial up the volume, the gestures, the animation on something that you're really passionate about. Right. So um, I love I love this really for me, a classic quote by the American evangelist Billy Sunday, who was a, a former professional baseball player turned evangelist. But he would say, I set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. And so if you will be really passionate about your subject matter, the audience is going to enjoy it. They're going to enjoy it because we all love seeing people speak with conviction. Coach Tim, can I ask you a question about the Get Motivated
1: days and when you would have your your kind of keynote speech during the event, you know, surrounded by presidents and Super Bowl winning athletes, did you have a process for kind of refining your message, right? As you went from city to city to city, it wasn't a new message in every city. Sometimes for the year, it would be kind of like a signature talk. Did you have a process for when you went from your first stage to your second stage to your third stage to your fourth stage, kind of giving that same talk and uh, how how it evolved or how you improved it as you went?
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, I've been watching certain speakers all my life tell the same stories but they keep getting better at telling the same stories because now they don't have to think about the story itself or the message itself. Now they can practice delivery. And so that's what I really did. And in Get Motivated Seminars, I I had hundreds of employees. And for a while, especially when my children were younger, I took more of a backseat type of role. I did things like copywriting and management and uh, sales processes, things like that, behind the scenes. But then there came a season where I was publishing my book, and um, I went from being a a MC at our events to now being one of the featured speakers at our events. And that, in part, was when Jillian came on board to to help me with MCing the events. And um, I remember being really nervous, Bunny. I wasn't nervous because of the audience. I was nervous because of my employees. I was nervous that, you know, they've been seeing the best of the best on stage. And now all of a sudden, you know, boss babe is going on stage. How's she going to be? And um, so I was very practiced and I was very prepared. And here's a little tip for you too, is that um, I want you to plan and I want you to practice. And if you're going to do one of the two to the extreme then I would say over plan but don't over practice so um and and the ideal really is don't over plan and don't over practice plan and practice but don't do it so much so that that it really is kind of becomes robotic on stage right so to answer Zach's question um and you'll see this with comedians too with with people who are in front of the camera a lot is that they'll tell the same stories, but they'll get better and better at it. And that's to me the most freeing place to be when you have enough experience, enough opportunity, enough stages that you know your messaging inside and out. Now, this is what I love to do, is I love to practice the delivery. I I love to say, okay, last time I did it this way, a lot of times the biggest laughs come by accident. That you say something and you didn't even realize the audience would find that funny. But now, the next time you do it, you know it's a joke. You know there's a joke in there. And so you can hold the punchline a little longer. And so when you're saying something funny on stage, the longer you hold your punchline before you let it go, the funnier it actually is. I, I learned this through studying stand-up comedy. So you want to hold the punchline until almost till it's a little uncomfortable and then you let it fly. And for some reason it's funnier. And here's another little tip. And I see even seasoned seasoned speakers do this. A lot of preachers is that the audience will laugh or the audience will clap and they will just c- continue on with their messaging and force the audience to, to stop clapping or stop laughing. And that's a big mistake because now you're teaching your audience not to interact with you. So what you want to do is when they're clapping, stand there and enjoy it. Let them clap. Let them clap. And then when it's dying down, then jump in, right? Same thing with laughter. When they're laughing, let them laugh. Laugh with them. You smile, right? And as the laughter is dying down, now you jump in because now you're teaching them, hey, it's okay for you to get involved to laugh and to clap. It's uncomfortable, actually, when you feel like you're interrupting the speaker by your laughter and clapping, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think that's the that's really the ideal sweet spot is when you can do the message enough that you get to practice your delivery. That's fun.
1: Yeah, I love it. I got another question for you in a minute, Coach Jean, but honey, anything to add or to... Well,
2: I would say, you know, I had the privilege of... Um, seeing your mom, Coach Tam, um, and to travel with her as she was on the stage for Get Motivated. And she was wildly funny. But the thing that I thought was so interesting is I always felt like she, like she was just talking to me. And I don't know how she did that. I don't know if there's a secret to that. But I literally would just feel like, no one else was even around. And she was talking like she was literally just having a conversation with me when she would ask a question. I felt like she's talking to me. So I I always thought that that was a really cool effect is that sometimes you hear someone talking and you feel like it's a speech. And then sometimes you hear someone talking and it feels like a conversation. So I don't know if there's. I'm um, too doing that, but I always felt like she was just talking to me, like audience of one. So I, th- I, th- I love that. Can I tell you how I learned that? Sure. Tell everyone who's listening <laughs> how you did that.
0: So the way that I learned that was that when I was, I don't know, maybe about 19 years old, I took um, a volunteer job at the Baptist Seminary radio station. And i became a christian radio dj wow and um and it was quite intimidating for me at first i was i was at first invited to be on as a guest at the radio station and then the guy who interviewed me said oh well you would make a great dj would you come and help us and so i thought it sounded interesting you know a nice little challenge for me It was WBSN, WBSN, which I always thought was kind of an unfortunate acronym. But what are you going to (laughs) do? So um, so I had I actually had two of the um, most popular shows on on the station, which was the local artist spotlight, where I would interview local musicians and then the children's hour. And uh, but I always felt like nobody was listening to me because you're just in isolation I was just, uh, Joyce Meyer was recently at, at my church, and uh, she said, I'm so excited about being here because for the past year and a half, all I've done is talk to a camera. And she says, you want to know the most demoralizing thing? The most demoralizing thing is to say something funny to the camera and nobody laughs.
2: That <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't be brutal. It'd be horrible.
0: And and that's how I felt. That's how I felt in the radio station was that, that nobody's listening to me. I'm playing the music that I want to hear. I'm talking about whatever I want to talk about because I'm the only one in the room. And every once in a while, I would go, is anybody actually even listening to this broadcast? Because if you are, I have a phone right here in the booth. And you can call me and you can make like a music request or a prayer request. And then the phone would light up. And I was like, okay, thank you for encouraging me. Because I thought I was just talking to the vast universe. So I kind of got good at talking as though I was only talking to one person or potentially no people. <laughs> That's, That's good. great. That's awesome.
1: Christian, I want to I wanna give this nugget because I always thought this was so funny. You were talking about... Um, you know, training the audience and allowing them to to clap and to interact. Will you tell us about the woo girl?
0: The woo
2: girl. What is a woo girl? Oh, my God. What is that? a woo girl? Don't I don't know, but it does all sound good. All
1: right, I'll tell the lesson of the woo girl. I'll okay. tell the lesson of the woo girl. Please do. So in the, in the Get Motivated events, there was some point during your message, and I think it might have been even like kind of introducing the gospel, and you would get to a point where you would make like a, a really good point that was maybe a little like, oh, wow, like that's maybe like a big step. Should I can I say anything like, wow, I, I might like that, but I don't know if I want to clap for that. And Coach Tam, you had one of your your hair girls or makeup girls go into, you know, some mid section And when you drop that line, you had her queued up to go, whoa. And once one person did it, then the whole
0: audience would would blood out. I've been about that. Oh, woo, girl! Oh, oh woo, 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 girl! Well, no, you know what that was was because I was speaking to primarily a secular audience, but I was getting ready to talk about my my Christian testimony. I was I'm telling the audience now how I came to Christ and how they can too, and so. Um, Because we've had this culture in America for many decades now about being politically incorrect, you can't say anything about religion, you can't say anything about, you know, sexuality or politics or, you know, there's these certain taboo topics. Right. So when I got to that place where I would say, hey, um, I want to shift now and talk to you about the spiritual dynamics of success and share my experience with you and are you guys interested in hearing about spiritual topics Whoop. and so cue the woo cue the woo girl
1: and if it didn't happen i remember you saying that you know one time your woo girl didn't woo when she was supposed to and it wasn't it, like it was kind of quiet like oh i don't know but when one person lets it out then everybody's like yeah why not
2: let's
0: hear it mm-hmm-hmm mm-hmm, absolutely
2: that is the best. That's a t-shirt it's a bumper sticker bring on the woo. where's my woo I need my woo girl I love it I'm 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 taking that with me. cue the woo. Thank you Janice cue the
0: cue woo. the woo
2: yeah so you know I think it's
0: it's just a matter of if you if you want to be on stage or maybe even you don't want to be on stage but you're called to be. On stage, some you you have to go and speak before an audience, something like that. I think one of the most powerful things that will help you be authentically you is telling a story. I maybe learned this a little bit by accident as a young mother that I was, and I wasn't doing, there was a period of time where, and a, and a quite a long period of time, about 10 years, where I wasn't doing a lot of public speaking because I was busy growing my organization managing, doing advertising, doing copywriting, and being a, being a young mother. And so I was pushing other people forward and putting them on the stage, but I wasn't putting myself on the stage. And then I was asked to speak at a women's conference. And it may have been my very first women's conference. And packs of women, quite honestly, packs of women Always make me a little nervous for some reason. Bingo, horse, right? Do you feel that way? I've right. always felt like it's a little bit easier for me to relate to to guys because like they have this kind of wiring that I sort of have, which is like, you know, I I love business, I love ministry, I love missions, I love marketing, I love sales, I love all that kind of stuff. I also love Bunny. I also love makeup and hair and cooking and child rearing and homemaking. But I only have like about a 20 minute time limit for that kind of subject. It's like, I would like to go further with you, but um yeah, it's 19 minutes. So we're going to have to wrap this up. <laughs> do you want to talk about world missions? Can we do that? Right. Okay. So, so I was, I was asked to speak at this women's conference and I felt a little intimidated. You know, I felt like that Maybe the women won't relate to me. Maybe they're mostly homemakers and I'm mostly a business person. Maybe they will judge the way I look. Maybe I don't look the right way. Maybe I'm not wearing the right things. And I just kind of felt uncomfortable. And so I thought, well, what can I do to get them on on my page, you know, to make them like me right away? And so something had recently happened where um uh was was about i don't know maybe about four years old and he was laying down taking a nap and and i said i'm just gonna lay here beside you we're just gonna take a little nap and so um i was patting his back kind of rubbing rubbing his back i had my eyes closed and then i felt this huge bump like it was like i thought this is too big to be a mosquito bite and i started you know, kind of touching it. And it was like hard, but it was like soft. And I thought, you know, immediately my m- young mother mind went into panic mode and I'm like, oh my God, what if it's a tumor, you know? And I'm I'm de- <laughs> I still have my eyes closed. And I said, Zach, what is this huge lump? And I'm kind of pinching it. And he goes, it's my nose, mom. <laughs> 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 and of course, everybody laughed and and uh, I got them, I got them all on my side that that day. but um, you know, like I, I think those stories of, of your life are such a such a powerful way of connecting to the audience because they can relate to various various stories, things that have happened to you. And it's also a way of making you feel really comfortable about your subject matter. because like I said, you don't have to memorize your story. You know your story. And so if you can stack your talk, with stories that have a point, you know, you want to have a point to it, um, then it's going to be easier for you to be authentically you on stage. I love it. Awesome. Well, great episode. Great stories.
1: Thanks for sharing. Coach Tam, honey, we will see you guys back next week on the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. Bye, everybody.
0: Hi, this is Tamara Lowe, founder of Kingdom Builders Academy, here with a free gift for you, our loyal podcast listener. We're giving away free copies of my newest book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your Purpose. You can download your free copy right now at onpurposebook.com. That's www.onpurposebook.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast today. Join us again for our next exciting exciting episode